Good morning and welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. What day is it? It's the 2nd of November, Wednesday. Um, a week from now, we probably still won't know uh, some of the outcomes of the elections on Tuesday. I wanted to start off um, by laying down a dose of reality for Republicans as well as uh, anyone else. But then I do have some optimism for that as well. And some, of course, no surprise, something that's going to be coming back being a noble and uh, nearly constitutional provision um, in the Senate. You already know what that is, of course. But I first wanted to talk about these expectations. You know, Republicans, thankfully, are not promising the world. You know, they thought that, you know, back in 94, when, when it turned out that the House of Representatives could be controlled by someone other than Democrats, Bill Clinton wisely made the decision to pivot and work with Republicans. And while they ostensibly balanced the budget, when I say ostensibly, I mean, they used Social Security money, of course, to uh, offset the deficit. And so on paper, at least, it was balanced. But anybody that watched the national debt clock during that time noticed that it never slowed down or stopped. Have you looked at your credit card statement lately? Now look at the fact that Imagine you have a $30 trillion plus balance on your credit card and your interest rate is essentially gone from 0% to maybe 1% up to 4%. That's your money, people, that the federal government is now having to spend on interest to service the debt. And we are going to talk about that, but back to managing expectations. Republicans have no business promising anything as far as what they're going to be able to do. Because even under the best case scenario, let's say that the Republicans end up with some 230 some odd seats in the House, and let's be super optimistic and say they got 54 seats in the Senate. 54 seats is not enough to overcome a filibuster. Ooh, there's that word again. But of course, we know Democrats would never use this racist Jim Crow tool um, as a minority. Of course they will. But until they decide to chuck it completely, We're going to be back to the same thing where Republicans cannot get any let. And even if they're able to pass through reconciliation, whatever fantasies they have, uh, whoever's controlling Joe Biden and more on him in a moment, too, uh, is just going to veto it. And there's not enough votes in either house to override a veto, at least not right now. Things could change. And at least on that note, I am optimistic. Why am I optimistic? You know, I mean, you've got Republicans or you've got Libertarians out there that are, are, are bemoaning Mark Victor's withdrawal in the Arizona Senate race. That they would rather see the country go down the toilet 
then at least try to do something. Now, in reality, until we seriously address spending, and when we seriously address, when when I say seriously address spending, I mean actual spending cuts, not just cuts in projected growth. There's no party can save this ship. All we're doing is is clearing the top deck for more people to come out of the bottom of the ship as it goes underwater. As we as they proceed forward and they promise to do this and they promise to do that, they can, all they can do is send bills to the president. Now, in 95, Bill Clinton had some really good advisors, Dick Morris among them, who were pointing out to him that, you know, the American people are really with the Republicans on this. So instead of fighting them, how about if we work a message together? Can you imagine, for example, after Roe fell back in June? And this points out the fact that the Democrats don't want to solve the issue. Just the same with immigration. But could you imagine if President Biden had gone out in June and said, the Supreme Court upheld a 15-week ban for elective abortion. Why don't we put a similar... Why don't we advance a law providing similar protections for the baby? They can't even acknowledge that, by the way. Why don't we put it into law? Instead of saying abortion up to and including the moment of birth, which is what their law said, that President Biden was ready to sign, why don't they say, Abortion up to uh, 20 weeks for any reason. After 20 weeks, the usual exceptions, rape, incest, and actual health danger of the mother be the factors that would allow for an abortion after 20 weeks. Had the Democrats done that, assuming they could have got it past their own caucus, which I don't think they could have. That would have been the law of the land. And their precious, their precious um, religious right of abortion protected. Again, the Lib is against any kind of federal law regarding abortion. It's a state issue. But in this instance, politically speaking, had the Democrats done that, that would have been a win. And they would have had abortion protected for 90 plus percent of abortions performed in the United States. And as that week count gets higher, the percentage goes down drastically. Had they done that, we would have been in align, alignment with most of the Western world, but more importantly, we would have been in an alignment 
with the majority of American citizens. And that would have been a huge win for Joe Biden and the Democrats. And the American people would have saw that, yes, President Biden was serious when he said he's willing to work across the aisle. Had this happened with Bill Clinton, the Bill Clinton of 1995 in office, that's what would have happened. But in 2010, when Republicans took the House and were it not for a couple of real morons nominated uh, to run in the Senate, they would have taken the Senate as well. Obama, President Obama had the opportunity to take that road. And he chose to flip the bird at the Republicans and to do it the hard way. And as President Obama is choosing to do it the hard way, that has really, that led to Donald Trump for one. More importantly, led us to where we are now. where both sides cannot propose anything is a true compromise between the two sides. I'm not, you know, compromise isn't always good. You know, I mean, you can look at uh, any kind of compromise regarding abortion and depending on which side of it, of the argument you're on, you're either you're either saying that the, uh, sorry, I got something disconnected here. I got to fix. I got it. Sorry about that. Um, so, you know, you're either talking about a constitutional right, which of course there is none, but um, rights privacy, which not enumerated in the Constitution, but there are many rights not enumerated in the not enumerated in the Constitution that exist. And then on the other side, you have that the baby is an, an, a unique entity, and because we cherish the individual in the United States, that is the smallest and most vulnerable minority and deserves protection by the government. So when you're talking about abortion, it's really hard to get to a compromise on that. The same with climate change. You know, we have painted the, the other side as science deniers, essentially. The fact that the climate changers have to redo their model every year to show that it's still viable shows that it's not viable. The fact that, that we went through two years of COVID BS not that COVID's BS is real and serious, particularly for those over 65. But the extremes that we went to to give control to the government on one hand to the other side where, you know, live and live or die. You know, we, we, we won't acknowledge, you know, neither side could acknowledge any kind of valid point the other side was making. 
That's why every election now is the most important election of your lifetime. Because it's all about keeping the other side from doing unto you what maybe you did to them. Or maybe you didn't, but yet they've already proven and said that they're going to do it to you. That's We don't look at each other as, as people with uh, disputing viewpoints. We look at each other as enemies. I mean, real enemies. And that's tragic. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in just a minute. And welcome back to the Lib. You know, uh, I you probably even forgot to say it was Snake River Lib. Good morning. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate that, by the way. Um, one of the things that I hinted on last night that we have to be, be very watchful for, that the midterm election is going to have a huge impact on, is what happens during the lame duck session of Congress. Because here's what's happening between now and the end of the year. They're going to have to come up with another budget deal. Probably going to have to work on a debt ceiling issue. All these fantasies that the left, particularly if Republicans, do win in the House and Senate, both. The left is going to push very hard to get put into law, knowing that if it's in law, it's if it's written and passed, it's going to be very difficult to get rid of. And they're right. Tragic, that is, isn't it? So what happens with the lame duck session? Well, Let's say Republicans take the House, but they do not take the Senate or the sense of 50-50 tie, which I think the, the status quo is the best the Democrats can hope for, and I don't even think that's the case. But we don't know. Polling is, we have no idea. There will be enormous pressure put on Democrats in the Senate to pass languishing bills such as the the uh, the uh, voting act such as the women's reproductive abortion anytime up to and including the moment of birth act uh, amnesty for millions likely is going to come up They're going to try to do everything they can because these have already passed the House. And so here's the deal is that they can get they they can get a, a no amendments, get them through the Senate, 50-50, Kamala Harris, the vice president, breaks the tie. They can sign them into law. Senator Manchin, West Virginia who was sold out, who sold out the country by going along with uh, to uh, break the filibuster on the infrastructure bill. Or not the, it was something else, not the infrastructure bill. Well, maybe it was that. He's going to have to weigh the risks of voting to advance any of those things. He's personally pro-life. 
he advances the causes of the pro-choice side. He comes from a very red state, one of the reddest in the country. But he's popular there. And he has to decide what kind of a hit he can take, because he's up in two years. Whether he can afford to take any hit. Also, also Kristen Sinema, a Democrat from Arizona, is up for election in 2024. What happens to Mark Kelly is going to have a huge impact on her, whether or not she decides to uphold the filibuster or not. Mark Kelly gets voted out. It's going to be very difficult for her to change where she is right now. Simply because going towards Biden is going to be toxic. By the way, I think those two votes, if the Republicans do win the majority in the Senate, that just fortifies Cinemas and Manchin's positions to not break the filibuster and to not go along with their party in trying to pass a lot of this bogus stuff. What do you think about that? Now, let's say Republicans win big. 54-46 is the new Senate coming in. No way Senator Manchin can afford to make a mistake and sell out on a lot of the loopy stuff. Even the stuff that he has caved on that really does not have a major impact on anything. Because if that happens in states like New Hampshire or Washington State, which could happen, I'm not sure I'm with the pollsters on that, but Washington State is well within the margin of error, and there's actually some polling that shows that... uh, New Hampshire Republican has the lead. But states like that or Nevada go through. Senator Manchin knows that he's not going to be able to mostly follow the Biden line and then only occasionally break. But he's going to actually have to have uh, some more solid breaks than that. Kristen Cinema, of course. Mark Kelly gets wiped out, whether it's close or not. She knows that if she wants to stay in politics, she's not going to be able to be a supporter of Biden. By the way, did you hear that we had record numbers of people cross the border? And now we've got even more drugs pouring in.
It's so funny, you know, Donald Trump, President Trump offered the Democrats amnesty in exchange for his wall. And they said no. That needs to be highlighted to every Democrat running that they could have had amnesty for all the illegals. But they chose not to. That needs to be run on every uh, on Univision and Telemundo. The Democrats chose politics over these people whom they profess to care so much. The big question regarding the lame duck session is what about Biden? You know, they're going to be looking for a head to put on a spear. You can tell the knives are out. People are already criticizing. People that normally don't criticize the president are criticizing the president's inability to tell the truth has, and his inability, besides his outright lies, to make straight statements of fact. 54 states, Mr. President. Your son was killed in Iraq. Gas was $5 a gallon when you took office. You grew up in the uh, little Puerto Rico section of Delaware. Later on to attend a historically black college when you didn't. You graduated top of your class with three degrees, which you didn't. Full-ride scholarship, which you didn't. That you were able to navigate and pass the student loan, student loan reductions, which you, was not legislated, but that you, with a stroke of a pen, did. Mr. President, your party is going to be looking for a scapegoat. And you know who that's going to be? Because they already have one. Maybe even two. If the Democrats were smart and they get shellacked in the midterms, if they were smart, which they have not demonstrated yet, this is what they would do. They would drag out all the dirt on Harris 
and Biden. The Speaker would file impeachment charges against both of them. Get impeachment through the House. A Democrat House. Get it over to the Senate where the fix would already be in. And as the hearings start, send a delegation just like Republicans did to Richard Nixon. Or maybe even on on November 8th, if it goes as bad as some people are projecting. Because remember, Democrats' policies don't fail. It's the individuals. Now, Speaker Pelosi's ratings are not much better than the president's and the vice president's, if they are at all. But think about what that would do. President Pelosi for two years. Hamstrung by an opposition party in the House and Senate. It would give Democrats a completely fresh start for 2024. Now, they're not going to listen to somebody here on this little voice, this little microphone. But they should. Because they could easily have the 66 votes, even with the majority of Democrats voting against. 50 votes. You'd only need 16. And guess which party is set up to take the shellacking in 2024 in the Senate? It's the Democrats. And think about those Democrats in those battleground states. That could have a hand in the ending scourge given to us. Because orange man bad. I know not as many news items today as yesterday, and that was late last night. Again, I apologize. Just things were just completely out of my control yesterday. Let me know what you think. The individual matters. My life matters. Does yours? I'm the Snake River Lib.